Hi, you're tuning in to Rusty Thomas, where once a week he brings the brilliance of scripture to every dynamic of life. For the last 40 years, Rusty has served the Lord as a father, minister, and political figure on the streets, churches, and capitals in our nation and abroad. You are going to hear compelling truths that will prayerfully build up your faith and equip you to meet the challenges of life with the confidence of God's Word. This is Kingdom Moments with my father, Rusty Thomas. Well, howdy folks. You're with Kingdom Moments with Rusty Thomas. I'm glad you're here with me today. God's grace and peace be unto you. It's very, very early in the morning where I am at because I'm living in a sardine can with a lot of people. And so I got to jump on this microphone when and where I can. So praise be to God. Uh, pray that uh, your family uh, had a tremendous uh, Thanksgiving feast and celebration. I know we did. Uh, as you may be aware, uh, nine of my children are with me with all my grandkids uh, in Florida as we started this church plant, the American Reformation Church. And uh, my son Josiah and his bride Mariah put together an incredible feast at their home. Uh, boy, they just renovated the inside. They set up uh, table after table. We had probably 40, 45 folks, young, old, uh, all rejoicing, all celebrating. And we just had a tremendous time of fellowship as a family. And of course, now we're moving into Christmas season. And uh, in light of everything that's kind of going on uh, in our lives, I really felt it was important that I discuss with you the goodness of God. Because um, I'm seeing in my life and through my life the faithfulness of God over my lifetime. And uh, <clears throat> we're just in a new chapter. We're in a new season of life. And uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's always trials. There's always tribulations. There's always drama. There's always struggle. There, you know, there's always problems. But in the midst of it, I can truly see uh, the goodness of God uh, in and through our lives. And I want to start off uh, with the foundation of the Word of God. Because that, that uh, well, that just defines reality, right? God's Word, His law, is the infrastructure of reality, right? <clears throat> it's something that corresponds to truth and reality uh, in the world. And so when I just looked up goodness, just, you know, did a search on on the Bible of goodness, one of the first things that came up, and I love this, uh, this is in Exodus chapter 33. And this is where, you know, God is meeting with Moses. Uh, he's given him instructions about going into the land and of course God has a huge struggle with the people he's bringing into the land um, they're a stiff-necked rebellious bunch uh, but God has set his affection on on them 
Uh, he's promised to bring them out of Egypt and bring them into the land and set them up as his nation uh, in the earth to be a light to the other nations, right? And, of course, they're resisting him all the way. And it's problematic both for God and Moses. And it's amazing the relationship between God and Moses because they're both like struggling, like what to do, right? And so it's an amazing narrative that goes on between God and Moses. And so it's come to the point that God, you know, in his holiness, in his righteousness, in his godliness, he's struggling in the sense that uh, he he really personally doesn't want to go with them uh, into the land. And he, he makes it known. He's like, okay, I'll just send my angel before you, Moses. And some translations say hornet. I'm going to send my hornet before you. And, and, and that is going to get the job done. That's what's going to drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and all the ites, right? And they'll be able to go into this land flowing with milk and honey. But he says, I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way. For again, what's the problem? You are a stiff-necked people. Of course, when Moses hears that, um, his countenance falls uh that that's not the best news as far as moses uh is concerned and so you know he sets up a meeting with the lord and um and he has this meeting and uh, and 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 here's like you know this incredible relationship between moses and god you know is kind of revealed and I really love this I really do and and so basically Moses says well hey um, if you're not going to go with me and and if you're not going to go with us then please don't send us you know Lord I, I want your presence to come with us I, I, I you know and and what's interesting he, he's not only saying you know I want you know, like your presence to manifest and lead us into the promised land and, you know, drive out the inhabitants of the land so we can inherit this land flowing with milk and honey. But when you go later in the chapter, I mean, he wants to see God. Like he not, he not, in other words, he doesn't, he doesn't just want to experience his presence. He wants to see him for who he truly is. And of course, that's a big ask. Um, one of the reasons why I believe we need to have a glorified God body uh, when we die and come into the presence of God is because the glory of God uh, would probably uh, consume us uh, in a second. That's how powerful the glory of God truly is. And, you know, throughout the scripture, like, you know, they would talk about it. If any man would see the Lord, you know, they would die. I mean, you know, it's it was a common understanding amongst the people. Like even when angels showed up, you know, not God himself, just angels showed up. I mean, men were terrified. You know, um, they, they, you know, it was, it, it is a potent, powerful um, deal 
to come into the presence of God and to experience his glory in, in some way, right? And, and obviously, I believe Moses is aware of this, but he has this hunger. He has this thirst. He wants to be in the presence of God, right? And then beyond that, he wants to see God. And, uh, and so this, this is an amazing approach from Moses to the Lord. At first, God is saying, I can't take it with these people. I'll send my angel, my hornet before you. I'll still fulfill my promise. But personally, I'm not going with you guys. You know, you're wearing me out here, right? And again, Moses intercedes. Mo Moses pleads with God once again on the behalf of the people behalf of the nation you know and then there's this dialogue and then here is just Moses is expressing his heart to God no God I want your presence I want you to be with us because if if, if you're not amongst us I don't want to go don't send us in if you're not gonna go with us don't send us in right and boy that's actually kind of important when you go on ministry trips or mission trips it's kind of pretty important you know, that God go with us, right? And God work through us, so critically important. And so this is Moses' heart, right? And then he goes on to say, Now, uh, please show me your glory. And again, like, you know, God's glory, you know, it's like fire, right? You know, fire can be very useful, right? It can warm our water, you know. Uh, for our showers, it can, uh, if you have a fireplace in a cold evening, it kind of, you know, warms you. Um, it has great benefits, but fire can also, you know, break out and start consuming things, right? So, like, when it comes to the glory of God, we got to be careful. I mean, you, you have that example with uh, Ananias and Sapphira, you know, in the early church, you know, Everything was great in the early church, right? Great grace, great power, great glory. Everything was great. And it was in that state that Ananias and Sapphira lie to the Holy Spirit. And the glory of God was so strong uh, that it literally killed them. Um, God struck them dead. You know, and so, brothers and sisters, when we talk about the presence of God and we talk about his glory and and I and I believe as Christians yeah we should desire for God to manifest his presence we should desire uh, to behold the glory of God it's a beautiful thing it's a powerful thing uh, when it takes place but it could also be very very dangerous and that's clear throughout scripture right and so after Moses says to God, uh, I want to see or please show me your glory. This is what God said. I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And, and here's the, but and this is you know this is how God God like tempers this right He says, "You cannot see my face, for no man shall see my face and live." 
And of course, you know, what he does is he, he puts Moses in the cleft of the rock and puts his hand over where Moses is at. And he passes by and he makes this powerful proclamation like who the true and living God is. And, uh, and so Moses gets to see his hindquarters, um, but not face to face. Again, this, this dangerous situation where God's glory is so potent, so powerful. You know, it, it'd be like getting closer and closer to the sun, right? I mean, look how powerful the sun is, right? And, and it's heat and it's light. I mean, the closer you got, the more blinded you'd become and the more your body would be consumed by the heat, right? And so this is, this is actually a, a, a very dangerous request uh, that Moses has asked of God. Uh, it literally could kill him, but he has this incredible desire. I want to. I want to be close to you, Lord. I want to know you. I want. I want to experience your presence. You know. I want to see your glory. And and you know, I think that's legit. I think every Christian, to a certain degree, should desire that. Of course, with Moses, you know, God granted him things that obviously he didn't grant other men or women and it's a powerful thing and so the thing I wanted to bring out was though is here is God saying to Moses I will make all my goodness pass before you and that's kind of what I really want to share I want to share some personal testimonies you know in my life where even in the midst of great tragedy and struggle and sorrow you know, I experienced uh, the goodness of God. And then I kind of want to relate it to what's going on in our life right now. Uh, it's incredible uh, the things that is, uh, the, that's falling in place as we uprooted our family, as we made this move, as we're starting over in Florida. It, it's true, brothers and sisters, we're experience, uh, experiencing the goodness of God. Um, those of you probably, uh, you know, don't know fully my my history and my background, but I was married uh, to a, a lady uh, called Elizabeth Liz, and we were married for 20 years. We had 10 children together, and she was, you know, by my side as we fought the battle, you know, for the souls of men, the lives of children, and the future of our nation. And, um, and so she was, you know, by my side as we were storming the gates of hell and everything that went with that. And, um, and one of our missions that we went on was the walk across America. We had started in San Clemente, California, ended up in Washington, D.C., and we preached the gospel of the kingdom all along the way. Maybe sometime I'll share the testimony and the vision and mission on that. But it was a six months endeavor. <clears throat> Excuse me. We finally got home. And when I got home, uh, I was met with my bride uh, contracting cancer. And so obviously it threw our world uh, upside down. 
uh, inside out. Uh, we, you know, we just got completed probably the greatest service to the Lord we've ever committed to. It was a kingdom adventure every single day. And I come home, mission completed, to find out my wife has contracted cancer. And of course, then we go through months of incredible, you know, turmoil, um, tremendous adjustments that had to be made uh, in our family. You know, we had 10 children at that time. And uh, anyway, uh, it became clear um, that she was going to go home and, and to be with the Lord. And so I'm facing the prospect of being a widower uh, with 10 children and one was still in diapers. And so that was a pretty foreboding situation that we were facing, you know, as a family. But about two weeks uh, before she had passed, I had this, we all had this experience with the goodness of God. And it's an amazing testimony. But um, what had happened was about two weeks before she passed away, she had lost her ability to speak for about three days. And that made it really, really difficult because I was by her side and basically I got to love her the way she had loved me and my family for over 20 years. And in that sense, it was a gift, you know, to me, to her. Um, but anyway, it became very difficult because when she couldn't speak, I didn't know how to help her. I didn't know how to serve her. Uh, you know, our communication lines were shut down. And of course, that was uh, made the situation even way more difficult. And, um, <clears throat> and so I was up for like three days and three nights in that situation with Liz. And Liz's sister, Michelle, came in and she said, you know, Rusty, go home, take a shower, take a nap, you know, I'll hold down the fort. Well, I did that, and uh, I came back about four hours later, and uh, Michelle was in a tizzy. Uh, apparently, they, they, they rifled her through a lot of different tests and, you know, all this stuff, and it was just, it was a madhouse. It was a lot, because like for three days and three nights, nothing's happening, and then bam, just this battery of tests, and like I said, Michelle was pretty upset. But then she says to me, Liz spoke. She said something. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. What did she say? She said one word, goodness. Goodness. And I'm thinking, all that this woman has been through, all this pain, you know, cancer and you know the struggles that are associated with that you know you lose the ability to speak and then the first word and the only word that comes out of your mouth is goodness come on give me a break that's probably not going to be the first word that's going to come out of my mouth going through that horrific trial in our lives and so anyway <clears throat> you know Liz is in the room as she's telling me this so I go over to uh, Liz and I say Liz, what's my name? And she goes, goodness. Okay, let's try this again. Who's that over there? You know, pointing to her sister. She says, goodness, right? And I'm like, this is so weird. 
And then she reaches up her hands and put them on my face. And she looks me in the eye and she says, goodness. So for the remainder of her days, which was about two weeks, okay, she could say the word goodness. She could sing praise and worship songs to the Lord. And that was the extent of her speech abilities. She could not say any other word. She could not dialogue. She could not converse. All she could do was say goodness and then worship the Lord. And I truly believe those last two weeks, she was somewhere between here and there. And she is beholding things where she is experiencing, I believe, the goodness of God. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, as she is saying this word goodness, it like, like, like the scriptures come to me. And it was like, okay, um, you know, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so I, I, it was like the Lord was, you know, assuring me through the scriptures about his goodness in this situation. So if he doesn't heal her here and he takes her home, she's going to experience the goodness of God. And then there was another passage in the book of Psalms that said, I would have fainted unless I believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I, I, and I already know that my wife, she was in peace. She was experiencing the goodness of God. But when all she could say was goodness, those are the two scriptures that came to me. And it was like, either way, if she stays and God heals her, that's God's goodness. But if he takes her and she goes home to be with him, that is God's goodness. And so either way, in that terrible situation, you know, we both, both her and I, experienced the goodness of God. And it's such a powerful a testimony because uh, so many people got ministered to uh, by that incredible counter with the goodness of God. Well, you know, here we are. We're, we're in Florida and, uh, you know, we're making our way here. And I just wanted to share how we're experiencing the goodness of God here and now. Obviously, it's been um, a huge uh, transition in our life uh, to move ourselves, our children and grandchildren that were scattered all over America to bring us all in to start this church plant. And, um, you know, for like about eight months before we even made the move, you know, we were trying to get things set up kind of prepare the way um, and one of our our great hopes was that we could find a home uh, that we could move into so when we you know left Texas we can just arrive at our new home unpacked get settled roll up our sleeves and get to work well that did not happen and we went on an eight month real struggle uh, to try to get settled here uh, in Florida, and we had come like very close, you know, to uh, 
getting a home and kind of the last second it was just the rug was pulled out from beneath us and we just kind of crashed and burned and and honestly it was a it was a a, a, a pretty intense blow to our plans but we were convinced that God had called us to do this so whether we lived on a shack on the road <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> or you know a home to lodge in and to take care of our family uh, we were committed you know we were going to do this regardless of what we have to go through we believe this is what God's called us to do we must obey we must follow uh, I've learned through life that no and Lord do not go together. No, what goes together is yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Uh, yeah, I've I've been to the woodshed too many times saying no to the Lord. And I've learned, I've gained a little wisdom through the years that yes, when when God calls, you you follow. You know, where he leads, you go. And that's that's critically important for our spiritual health and our walk with God. So, but anyway, it was a huge struggle, and boy, we had spent countless hours and a lot of prayer, a lot of time, a lot of resources, a lot of financing, uh, tried to getting to a home, and we were at an impasse. It just the door would not open. And so anything related to the church plant, it was blowing and going. It was green lights, you know, tremendous favor. But when it came to our personal life and family and, and finding a place for us, it was a huge struggle. And um, so basically, I just got to the point where I approached the Lord and said, Lord, I, I don't know what it is between me and this world system but it doesn't seem to ever work out. I'm not a W-2 guy, right? I'm a self-employed minister, and my life of faith does not fit in the world's data box. And th that's why we've we struggled through the years to, to get our own home. And, um, and I had some previous experience with this when it came to our home in Waco. And, and what I'm about to share with you, this is the gospel truth. But I, I want you to understand my prayers when it came to the situation. I just, you know, again, I just pleaded my case before God. I said, Lord, you know, the world system, it just doesn't work for me. I try and we get rejected and rejected and rejected. They think we're a risk or something. And I pay my bills. You know, I got an 825 credit rating. You know, like, why do they think I'm such a risk, right? It, it just, it's, it's incredible, but it is. And so say, so you know what, Lord? There's the world system, and then there's your kingdom. An entirely different set system. It doesn't originate from this earth. It comes down from heaven. And so, Father, if this is going to happen, you know, we got to work this through your kingdom, through your system. Right. And so began to pray along those way, you know, that way. And what I'm about to share with you, this is <laughs> this is how God answered those prayers, both in Waco and here in Florida. So in Waco, what had happened, you know, we were we were going to a church and we were serving OSA, Operation Save America, leading the charge in Waco, Texas against Planned Parenthood child sacrifice and the shedding of innocent blood and we were kind of front page news for a while and all this stuff but anyway 
the point being <clears throat> was we're at this church and all this happened within a three-week period and so the first week and and you must understand the parties involved with this did not know what the other party was doing that's what makes this so miraculous it's so the first week um an elder of the church and his wife approach me and and tell me uh, that the Lord laid upon their heart to give us an acre of land out in China Spring, Texas. And I thought, wow, uh, you know, a landowner. That's awesome. But I'm thinking like, what the heck am I going to do with an acre of land? I mean, it's nice. I know land's important. It's a good investment. But what am I going to do? Like, make a big garden I, I, you know like i'm just like i'm I, i'm grateful and i i think it's awesome um but at the point at this point i don't know god is answering our prayers about our own home and what i didn't know at that point he was providing the actual land that i could build my home upon and i but i didn't know that i just know wow these people gave me an acre of land. It's awesome, but I don't quite know what to do with it, right? And so that's the first week. The second week, a brother in the church, name of Don Gaylor, jewel of a man, excuse me, <clears throat> he, um, he approaches me and says, the Lord has laid upon my heart to build you a home, and I'm going to be your general contractor and I'm not going to charge you a dime, which right off the bat saves us like $40,000 at that time, right? So this incredible deal. So now it begins to dawn on me, well, maybe this is why, you know, we got this acre of land because here comes this guy saying he wants, you know, to build us a home and he's not going to charge us as a general contractor. And he had worked in Waco for decades so he was incredibly connected with all the subcontractors. He had a great relationship with them. And so he, he, he knew who the best people were uh, to build our home. And he took over that project, and he did. He gave us the best. I mean, these men who came in and worked on our house, uh, they took it personal. They took it personal. Like, if this is my house, this is what I would do. All right? And they would go about, you know, making our house a better home. Uh, it was incredible. And so that was the second week. Well, the third week, um, we get a phone call from our dear friends in Tulsa, Bill and Ruth Dar. And through the years, I had helped them in their churches, uh, acting as an interim pastor uh, when things went awry or there was, you know, real problems, or, you know, with the church. I kind of stepped in and helped negotiate through those, uh, you know, tough areas, tough times. And anyway, they they called to say, well, we feel like uh, the time of the church uh, has ended. It's time to close the doors. Well, they had had money uh, in their savings account as a church. And again, they don't know, like, I just received an acre of land. They don't know that a guy approached me to be a contractor, general contractor, to build my home. And they say, Rusty... We believe the Lord wants you to have this money so you could build a home. 
And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? I mean, this is like within three weeks, all these things are falling into place. Well, I still need a loan uh, to finish the house, right? So, you know, I go to my bank and I sit down with my loan officer and he's giving me the banking business. Well, that, while he's giving me the banking business, I'm giving him the kingdom business. You know, I'm ministering the gospel of the kingdom to him. I'm talking about God's great salvation. Well, lo and behold, uh, he refuses to give me the loan. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And, you know, and I, and I went to the Lord. I'm going, Lord, listen, you're Lord. Uh, you know, it is hard for me to believe you did all this. You set all this up. And now it's a no. It's a no. I said, God, I, I got to be honest with you because we we had come close, you know, to getting homes and, and then it would just be pulled out from beneath us. And I just told him, I said, Lord, this is really this is this will be very, very hard for me to accept. No. Now, if it, that's your final answer, then, of course, I yield your God and I'm just a silly man on this earth, you know. Um, but the point being was it was it was a huge struggle. Now, what I didn't know at, at, at that bank as I'm dealing with this loan officer and he's refusing the loan and I'm ministering the gospel to him, there were some ladies who were Christians working at the bank. And apparently, this is what they told me later, that I was the first Christian that ever came to that bank and ministered the gospel to one of their co-workers and of course they're Christians and they are beholding this and they are moved by it they are inspired by that and so when I leave unbeknownst to me they gather around and said this man is gonna get a loan and so they literally using their own personal influence got me alone with another bank I mean, they went above and beyond the call of duty uh, to secure a loan so we could finish that house. There's much more to this story, but I, I wanted you to understand, brothers and sisters, something about the goodness of God, right? Like amazing, miraculous things that he does on the behalf of his people. Well, now you fast forward. Here we are in Florida. And again, we're having a similar struggle. The world system will not cooperate with us. And we're trying to make it work. And we're expending so much time and energy and resources and getting nowhere. It's like you're on this, you know, <clears throat> the, the treadmill. Like you're expending a lot of energy, but you ain't going anywhere. <laughs> and and some people, you know, sometimes that's how we live our lives, right? Um, and so, you know, here we are. And so once again, I find myself on my knees saying, Lord, again, I tried. I'm trying, but this world system will not cooperate. They, they just, it, you know, and we're, you know, we're in a, you know, somewhat better state now that I'm older and, you know, but anyway, they don't, they don't see it and they don't want, it doesn't appear to me they even want to see it. And so, once again, I said, Lord, if this is going to happen, 
it's going to happen. It's going to have to come through your kingdom because the world system doesn't work for me. I try, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> but it doesn't work. So anyway, this is how the Lord answers this prayer. This is current. And I, I want to let you know right now we're like we're mere days away uh, from getting our home uh, closing on a home and getting into that home right before Christmas. And we find out this miracle the day before Thanksgiving. So let me tell you, Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? When I say we're thankful, like you, you have to be thankful no matter what when it comes to God. You could be in the worst situation, dire, you know, tremendous sorrow, uh, but we're still obligated to be thankful and have gratitude towards God, okay? And I have always, by God's grace, practiced that, okay? Always try to maintain a thankful heart through the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I got to tell you, when I, when I share with you what just happened, man, my heart was leaping. I was overwhelmed by the goodness of God because he had heard my prayer, right? And, he, and he, he brings it to pass the day before Thanksgiving. And like I said, we're going to close on this house and get in before Christmas. He talked about a gift from the Most High God. It's mind-blowing. And so what had happened was uh, there's a young man uh, who's uh, in, in a hospital. He's in, he's in dire straits. Uh, he, he came very close to losing his life. And uh, so we went up there uh, to minister to him. And, you know, you pray by faith. You trust God, right? And so as I'm praying for him, um, the Holy Spirit shows up. I mean, we, we were talking about the manifest presence of God with Moses. Well, that's exactly what happens, right? And so the Lord's glory is filling this room. It's tangible. You could cut it like a knife. Well, he starts grimacing and, and like he's being pained. And then he starts crying out, the voice is in my head. The voice is in my head. And so, whoa, okay, I'm in the midst of this hospital room and demons are starting to manifest so i go into full-blown deliverance right in the midst of this hospital in this hospital room and here's the thing brothers and sisters as i'm digging in and 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 seeking to drive out these demons in jesus name god's presence and glory is increasing it was a very powerful powerful time in the Lord and um, so anyway we got done <clears throat> and my wife and I were walking out of the hospital excuse me <clears throat> and the presence of God is still with us I mean he is tangibly upon us as we leave the hospital we go into the car I mean we're just rejoicing in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit it's just so awesome right well as we're experiencing this, I get a phone call. And this is from a dear brother. And um, he found out about our struggles. And, uh, and he, through that phone call, you know, drops this bomb of goodness upon us. And he says, Rusty, I will buy you this home. I will be your personal lender and then he says 
and I will not charge you any interest. Well, brothers and sisters, I'm sitting there, and again, I'm already in the presence of God, all right? I'm already experiencing his goodness and his glory, and it's right in the midst of that. He shows up, moves upon this man, you know, to just bless us, like tremendously bless us. Like there was no way, there was no way. And then, yeah, God made a way. And so I'm just sitting there and uh, my body is like somewhat shaking. I'm like, I'm, I'm starting like to convulse a little bit, you know, and just overwhelmed by the goodness of God. It, it was just like, well, I'm going to make my goodness like pass before you. Well, it did, brothers and sisters. And the Lord uh, has provided for us. He has done this great miracle right between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I'm here to tell you once again, we've experienced the goodness of our God. And uh, I want to conclude uh, this episode because I don't know where you're at spiritually. I don't know if you have a walk with God. I don't know if your walk is weak or it's strong. I don't know, um, you know, where you're at as it comes to God's salvation. But I, I want you to hear these words from the book of Romans. The scripture says, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's the goodness of God. You know that leads us to repentance and I know that's so true even in my own life brothers and sisters because when I was a wild pagan you know running with gangs a street thug you know very violent drug addicted you know sexually immoral uh, all, you know all that all that when God started to woo me and draw me and I started to experience uh, that joy unspeakable that's full of glory. I could remember at one point in that process, it just like God illuminated my mind because I knew I was wretched, man. I knew, I mean, I, I knew I was like wild, like a wild pagan, totally out of control. You know, I was a ticking time bomb ready to go off right and uh, I just in that state I became aware you know that that God loved me whoa like I know who I am I know what I am God you still love me whoa well I'm not much but you know whatever I have you know I'm giving it to you I'm surrendering to you you know and um, brothers and sisters, I, I experienced the goodness and the glory of God. And it did. It, it set me free. I mean, incredible. Not to say, you know, I didn't have, you know, struggles with my sin nature or, you know, through sanctification. You know, not, not to say I didn't have future problems or trials or tribulations. I think some of you know our story pretty well, you know. But I got to say, in the midst of that, God is still good. He's still good. 
And that goodness leads us to repentance. And that's, you know, what brings forth the salvation of God in and through our lives. So brothers and sisters, I pray this uh, Christmas time as you gather with your family that you would be able to enter in and experience the goodness of God. You know, maybe you can have that same conversation that Moses had, right? Lord, you know, I want to get closer to you. I want to experience your presence. I, I want to see your glory. Um, again, I mean, you got to treat that with, you know, you got to temper that and with respect and and realize, uh, yeah, that's that's a serious thing. But it's it's so powerful, brothers and sisters, when it takes place. It's awesome. And so anyway, brothers and sisters, uh, that's it for now. Uh, as usual, uh, you keep pressing on to that high calling prize in Jesus name. Till next time. God bless you.